like to invite you to a soul level encounter. Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That's what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. You will hear the music that has charted the steps of their spiritual journey, that has provided a touchstone in the soul's dark night and sung the heart's awe and joy when come to the light. Over the next hour, you will be a witness and companion to our guest's spiritual path and sacred testimony. Welcome to Song of the Soul. We have the privilege this week of welcoming back Lon Milo Duquette to Song of the Soul. Since his last visit, he's been all kinds of prolific, putting out two more CDs and a single, and writing a new book related to magic. A practitioner and teacher of Thelema, founded by Aleister Crowley in the early 1900s, Lon has written extensively and resumed a career in music a few years ago after decades away from the music scene. His music is profound, fun, simple, complicated, and engaging. And Lon Milo Duquette joins us now from California. Lon, welcome back to Song of the Soul. Well, thank you very much for having me back. You've written something like 15 different books, and I'm going to mention a couple of the names. My Life with the Spirits, Angels, Demons, and Gods of the New Millennium, The Book of Ordinary Oracles, The Chicken Kabbalah of Rabbi Lamed Ben Gifford, Enochian Vision Magic, Magic of Aleister Crowley, A Handbook of Rituals of Thelema, and a couple other ones concerned with Aleister Crowley as well. So people should go back to NordenSpiritRadio.org and listen to my previous interview with you, catch up on some of the history. Do you still do writing? Oh, yes. I came out with a book last year called Low Magic. And the subtitle is It's All in Your Head. You just have no idea how big your head is. And I'm coming out with a, a new book in just a couple of weeks. That's called Homemade Magic. And it's sort of the story about the last 40 years of just home life as a practicing magician and what life is like making a living and raising a family while at the same time embarking on a spiritual practice that's considered by many to be black magic, I guess. But it's another book of stories, and I try to illustrate magical points by just giving practical examples of how it all applies to somebody's life. And if you were going to give an example of magic that you do, I don't think it's making a, a card or predicting which card you have. It's the Ace of Spades. No, I, it's not that what kind of magic is it? Magic is a process of self-willed, self-induced evolution, spiritual evolution. It's a spiritual practice. You could compare it to yoga or transcendental meditation techniques, only with magic, the internalized process is externalized. It's a series of psychodramas working with symbols in order to sort of reprogram yourself and to squirt WD-40 into the rusted wheels of your consciousness. And it's an attempt to guilefully, willfully uh, evolve 
So the techniques and the traditions of it come from the Western practices of ceremonial magic. We use the metaphors of angels, demons, spirits, etc., as little personifications of the natural forces, abilities, and challenges we all have in our life. And it's a, it's a spiritual art form that some people resonate to better than they do just purely mystical or meditational practices. And so over the years, organized religion has had sort of a, they, they don't like you taking responsibility for your own spiritual evolution. And so over the years, of course, it's been frowned on and considered evil and black magic and stuff, but in the same way that they would look at meditation or yoga as being evil. And is it black magic because you're in control of it and you're not being obedient to some hierarchy? Or is it black magic because it includes sex or something like that? Well, the, the term black magic I'm using with my tongue deeply in my cheek, but both of those examples that you pointed out are the reasons that people over the years have looked at this as black magic. Not everybody resonates to this kind of spiritual work, but those who do really find it rewarding. Well, you know what's even more rewarding probably than that spiritual work for us, since this is Song of the Soul, is to hear some of your music. Your latest CD is Gentle Heretic. <laughs> I guess that's a lot better than the fire-breathing heretics. I guess. Are you the gentle heretic, or is this just you and your crew? It's mostly, I'm only taking responsibility for my own heresy. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not dragging anybody else in, but I use some very talented musicians that have helped me out on some of the cuts on the new album. But we wanted to focus this album sort of on spiritual, faceted material. Not all the songs are spiritual. It's not a completely a concept album. But I really wanted to touch on the, the spiritual aspects, especially those associated with the power of love, that being I think, truly the heartbeat of the great whatever it is. Which one do you want to start with? Well, I, I call it When You Fall In Love. I've got this thing. I'm going to talk to you for a second about it. Just about two years ago, I had an incredible experience in New York City. It just came absolutely out of nowhere. I had grown so old, I'd stop expecting great epiphanies to hit me, and this one just knocked me over the head concerning the nature of love literally popped my old heart chakra absolutely open. I was afraid to walk down the street because I thought if I bumped into people, they would explode. I realize that when you fall in love, I mean truly in love, where you have that unoccluded alternating current of love when you're in tune with that, all the cliches in the love songs are true. The love you give is equal to the love that you, you receive. It's an alternating current, and it creates like a feedback, like a microphone that's held up against a speaker, only it's a love feedback, and it really is the force that holds the universe together, that it's the force of creation itself. And that when you truly fall in love, you're changing the entire universe. You're not only changing yourself, it's a cosmic event. Just like you hear certain uh, people talk about when the Buddha gained enlightenment, it changed the entire world. And you think, well, that's sort of a metaphor that they're talking about. I'm coming to the realization that it is absolutely true. You change time, you change space, you change the nature of reality, and that's what this little song's about. I used to think that love was just 
biology and emotion, an island of bliss in sorrow's infinite ocean, existing apart, locked deep in each lover's heart. But love is greater than he and she. Loves the beat of God's heart. When you fall in love, you change the world. You change everything. Sun, moon, galaxies are created. Your genes are mutated when you fall in love. When you kiss your love, you kiss the world. You kiss everything. Subatomic particles start to tingle. Space and time mingle when you fall in love. Love's eternal is what it is, was what it was, and it shall be infinitely love forever, ever and ever. Transcendental Love's all the all It's wall to wall And it's you And me When you're making love You lose the world You lose everything To turn into one and then nothing It's kind of a quantum thing This falling in love From Lon Milo Duquette It's called When You Fall in Love Probably a look on love that a lot of people don't get, but you expect something different here on Song of the Soul. So, Lon, I think you probably know Western tradition, I guess, Greek. In many languages, they have multiple words for love. There is the love, which is the sexual romantic love. There's love, which is like loving your parents or your family. And then there's this kind of awe-inspiring love that's the divine love. And they fit in separate packets. Is there a language in which it's clear that this divine love, or you had to put it in the song this way because maybe English, it's, it's not so clear that when I love Betty Boop, I am also loving the divine presence. Well, I I guess it's probably a defect of all language because the moment you start to name something, you're you're already limiting it. It's easier and more approachable to talk about it like you're talking to your girlfriend or your lover, and there is, you do love your family. You do have this filial uh, love. You love your dog. You love, uh, you know, uh, uh, guacamole. 
But, you know, they are just little substreams of the big river that is love. So it, we're only in a very limited way talking about them as separate things. The electricity is the same, whether it, it is lighting a tiny Christmas tree light or if it's lighting an entire city. It's the same force. We're just looking at it applied and manifested in different ways. Part of the realization that I had in New York, part of the love realization, was that it concerned sort of the fragility of time, that a true spiritual awakening changes not only your present, but in doing so changes the past and your future. Physicists are pointing out daily the fragility of time, the time as we think of it does not exist. You know, you can say, well, everything is the great giant now. Well, that's absolutely true. But changing your now, in a sense, is changing your past and your future. For those people that believe in reincarnation, I believe in a form of reincarnation myself. But the greatest overriding truth in it is I'm living all my lives right now because there's no other time to live them. And uh, the idea that we can have past memories, that we can have uh, what seems to be momentum of assets and liabilities that we've brought into this current life can be perhaps more of a sleight of hand phenomena of genetic memory and quantum physics. And I wrote this goofy little song called I Once Was the Hero of Megiddo. It sort of is a, a little homage to reincarnation. It's a goofy little song, and I, I wrote it to the tune of I Dreamed I Dwelt in Marble Halls. Okay. And as silly as the song is, it is serious. I once was the hero of Megiddo, Lon Milo Duquette. I once was a baker of Marzy pancakes. I once was the hero of Megiddo. A painter of dragons on porcelain plates. I once was the harlot of Jericho. A waif at the wharf's side, a dandy in lace. A proud man's sad daughter who forgot her place. Each lifetime's a turn on the merry-go-round. The horses go up and go down as we spin through eternity's spirally night. Turning, returning until we get it right. I once was a bully who pushed the wrong boy. I once was the wrong boy to bully. I once hurled a Greek from the ramparts of Troy. I once speared a mastodon woolly. I once ate a mushroom and died on the spot. I pleasured nine Zulus and liked it a lot. Each lifetime's a turn on the merry-go-round The horses go up and go down As we spin through eternity spirally night Turning, returning until we get it right 
I once was a rowdy young man in Peru. I once was a proper young lady. A sodomite, Hittite, a Jane and a Jew, and countless times died as a baby. I once was a Byzantine skewered by the Turks, and once I was triplets. Not sure how that works. Each lifetime's a turn on the merry-go-round. The horses go up and go down as we spin through eternity, spiraling night, turning, returning until we get it right. I once was the hero of Megiddo. Another delightful song by Lon Milo Duquette. It's from his latest release, Gentle Heretic. The song is I Once Was the Hero of Megiddo. It's merry and it's a bouncy song. And did you say goofy? No, what did you say, Milan? What would yeah, you call it? It's a goofy little song, yeah. When I was a little kid, before I was two years old, and I was just starting to walk around, they discovered I had a limp. And I had a pain in my hip, and when I was two, that was 1950. I was born in 1948. Uh, of course, they thought it was polio. They took me to the doctor, and thank God it wasn't polio, but I did have a disease, a bone disease, called Perthes hip disease. And it's something they don't know what it is, but it can actually destroy the bone. It can destroy the hip socket. The only treatment is to immobilize me and hope that I would outgrow the condition. So they put me back into the crib, and I got to lay there 24 hours a day and drift in and out of consciousness. Okay, it wasn't that I would, you know, sleep for eight hours and then be awake for the rest of the time. I truly slept for about 10 minutes and was awake for about 10 minutes, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And I would drift in and out of consciousness. And this is during the time when most kids, because of their mobility and because of their language, they lose what's going on in their brain before they have language to limit what the visions are that's happening. And so I was allowed, I was blessed to retain my infantile pre-linguistic images, memories, thinking process a thinking process that was unencumbered by language. And in those visions, I had memories of myself as an adult, as multiple adults. Some of the most vivid memories were of me as an adult man. And one memory in particular, I was walking out of a beautiful, beautiful house, and there were palm trees in front of the house, and it overlooked the ocean, and I got into a car that I would later, when I grew up, would identify as a, a roadster of the late 1920s or early 30s. And I was driving down what I would later discover would be the Coast Highway, all the way down to Ensenada, Mexico, and I was to meet a woman there. And now remember, this is a baby, a 1950 baby having these memories. I hadn't seen a television. I hadn't gone to a movie. I certainly hadn't read a book. I was having these memories. I would later, as an adult, go down to uh, Mexico on a, on a little trip, and I passed the hotel 
that I was going to. I, I, it was as clear in my memory as, as, as if it happened yesterday. The hotel looked exactly the same, except the palm trees in front of that hotel were much taller. And I found out it was an old gambling casino of, of Jack Dempsey. Okay, I'm telling you all of this because I would also later find out that my own great uncle was the private secretary to Hal Roach, the movie producer Hal Roach, Laurel and Hardy, our gang comedies and, and all of those early Hollywood. And so I wrote a song about my girlfriend in 1928, and I called it Bernice. I don't know if that was her name, but I called it Bernice. And I wrote this song, and I entered it in a national songwriting contest last year, openmic.us national songwriters contest, and it won first place. <laughs> <laughs> Hooray for Bernice. It's, obviously, it's, she's the bee's knees. <laughs> she is the bee's knees. <laughs> it is Bernice from Gentle Heretic by Lon Milo Duquette. Bernice. When we were children playing on the porch I was shy but carried such a torch But those days have gone Bernice We're both in college, class of 28 both carnal knowledge majors Ain't it great? Now this is my song Bernice I love the boyish way you bobbed your hair I love the hemline of your skirt up there Way above the knees Bernice The Clara look I just idolize Cupid's bow lips and the cold-rimmed eyes Are just the bee's knees I'll woo you daily Rock and cold and ukulele And I'll serenade you gaily Scott Fitzgerald's story Bernice This rough palooka wants to be your sheep And puff a hookah in between the sheets Just me and Bernice
crumble seed of my whole wreck. Kid, you're the cat's pajamas, hot seed, dot seed, red heart, mama Bernice. I told your sister I was stuck on you. She said, hey, mister, she's stuck on you, too. It's you and Bernice. The Bee's Knees, The Cat's Pajamas, and an awesome song. It's by Lon Milo Duquette. You'll find him on Facebook at Lon Milo. That's the ID. Just come to NortonSpiritRadio.org. I'll have a link over to him. He also has a website, but he tells me that that's not as thorough as what you find on Facebook. But, you know, there aren't that, all that many Lon Milo Duquettes in the world, I'm thinking. No, nah, there isn't. And all of my records and stuff are on CD Baby and on Amazon. And um, and in the best homes in the country. In the best, yes. Only <laughs> Lon, when I talked to you last time, a year and a half or two years ago, one of the things that you told me about your progression was that I think maybe you were raised Methodist. Yes. I know you visited Quakers somewhere along the way on your right. before you became a Thelemite. Could you talk a little bit how those steps did or didn't match with what you knew on the spiritual side? Well, I always, as much as I enjoyed and benefited and grew because of what was probably a very liberal interpretation of Methodist doctrine. As a matter of fact, I didn't even know that there was a doctrine (laughs) attached to Methodism. So my experience in the church was not all unpleasant, but I was, even since childhood, I considered myself at least an agnostic. I never, never actually bought in to the myth of Christianity. As a matter of fact, I I didn't think adults really did either. And I was really surprised as I grew older that these people actually did believe this stuff. But I was always felt that I was deeply spiritual. And it wasn't that I I didn't like God. (laughs) As a matter of fact, that was the only thing worth thinking about. But by the same token, I thought the way people were thinking about it was pretty damn silly. So I began to use my awareness of politics and social issues as an outlet when I was an adolescent. That sort of became my passion. I came of age during the the Vietnam escalation, and and I was active in the anti-war movement, and that the ideas of nonviolence and pacifism seeming to be a superior philosophy, I began to see that the problems that I was seeing around me in the world would never be resolved by tackling them head-on in a political or strategic way, but the only way that this madness was going to stop is that people needed to change their consciousness. So that's, uh, it was the politics that got me going to Quaker meeting, because after Quaker meeting, we all got together and got on the bus with our placards. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, uh, that's number one, what got Constance and I both involved in that, in that direction. And to tell you the truth, I haven't, if you're supposed to get more conservative and more selfish and more pragmatic as you grow older, I guess I haven't grown up yet. Because <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised about that at all, Lon. <laughs> <laughs> 
because I, I you know, I, I still feel the, the, the same way, and I'm just absolutely sickened and appalled by the gun consciousness thing that I'm seeing around us and the thinly disguised or not even disguised aspects of, of knee-jerk racism that I see happening. Uh, the gun thing is just totally out of control. Again, I'm face-to-face with the idea the only way this is going to change is if people change their consciousness. Oscar Wilde, the great Irish playwright wit, I love Oscar Wilde. He just makes me laugh like nobody else. He said war will never be abolished until war becomes vulgar. (laughs) (laughs) And that's just how I feel. If you raise your consciousness to the point of where it is unthinkably stupid to be armed all the time and think that that's going to solve anything, and so it finally comes down to these people are scared. And fear is something you can understand, but fear is something you shouldn't allow yourself to be ruled by. Fear should not be your god, and I saw the whole gun thing as being an aspect of fear, uh, literally a mental illness of fear. And so I wrote this song called I'm Scared. (laughs) (laughs) The time is here. Lon Milo Duquette, I'm Scared. My life's in constant danger I'm threatened by a stranger I'm scared they'll club and stab me Scared kidnappers will nab me I'm scared of home intrusion And cultural infusion I'm scared of immigrants And teens in drooping pants I'm scared of sudden sounds I'm scared of mimes and clowns I'm scared of boys in hoodies Scared they will steal my goodies I'm scared of car hijackers Scared of computer hackers I'm scared of mysticism That devil communism I'm scared of social welfare And universal healthcare I'm scared of foreign accents I'm scared of paying taxes I'm scared of other races And unfamiliar faces I'm scared of intellectuals I'm scared of homosexuals I'm scared of bureaucrats I'm scared of democrats I'm scared of satanists Scared of psychiatrists Scared of my medications Fear college educations I'm scared of revolution Theory of evolution I'm scared Of knocks upon my door I'm scared Of homeless and the poor I'm scared That guys will disrespect me I'm scared That girls will just reject me I'm scared That I look like a fool I'm scared Just like I did in school I'm scared My mother's ghost still haunts me I'm scared Dad's disapproval taunts me I'm scared of darkened streets I'm scared of halal meats I'm scared of NSA UN and CIA 
I'm scared of my own shadow. I'm scared of Rachel Meadow. I'm not an evil fellow. My spine's just painted yellow. I'm scared each waking hour. In dreams I cringe and cower. Scared that I have no power. Wish I lived in a tower. Scared of my powerlessness. Scared of my cowardice. That's why I carry a gun. I hope we didn't frighten you too much with that song, I'm Scared, by Lon Milo Duquette. You are listening to Song of the Soul, which is Northern Spirit Radio production on the web at northernspiritradio.org. With more than eight and a half years of our programs for listening and download, it's all free. There's a place to post comments. We love two-way communication. You'll find links to our guests, like to Lon Milo. You'll find Lon Milo on Facebook, londuquette.com is his website. But go to Facebook. It's a friendly place. Also, you'll find a place to leave donations. We love your donations. They make this program possible. It's the only way we fund ourselves. So please help us bring the message to the world. Also, I want to remind you to support your local community radio station. They provide an invaluable slice of news and of music that you get nowhere else. They're out of the clutches of so much of the mindset of this world. So please, first thing, go and support your local community radio station. Maybe you do the second thing, buy some of Lon Milo Duquette's music. And then if you still got a few shekels left over, please help out NordenSpiritRadio.org. Again, Lon Milo Duquette is here for the second time. He shared his Song of the Soul a year and a half, two years ago, and he's had two more releases since then. His first release was Babylon. Second CD that he came out with in the recent era was Babylon 2. He came out with Gentle Heretic, and he just released a single, I'm Scared. And I, I want to ask you a little bit more about I'm Scared, Lon. One of the things is that it's political. And I don't know, do you, have you considered yourself political? There's, for a lot of people, there is a dichotomy. I'm either a mystic or I'm political. And if you do too much political, then you get unmystical. One of the reasons I do Northern Spirit Radio programs, and I'd say it's even the primary reason, is I think we have to harness the energy and transform the consciousness, as you say, if we're going to change the world. I think if we're going to make a difference in terms of peace and justice or feeding people of compassion in this world, you might think that is a, a political goal or you might think it's a mystical goal, depending which side of the fence you're looking at. You're not dichotomous, I think. No, I, I'm sure that there are people, my fellows, who are politically compatible with me that think I'm too mystical, and there are people that are mystical that think I'm too political. I have to be the way I have to be, and I don't see a disconnect at all. It's part of my whole picture. I wrote another one. It's called Outside the Box, and Outside the Box kind of tells the story. I told my mom really early on, you know, I said, gee, Mom, I think the Bible's just, you know, this is silly. And she took me to the minister, and she kept on me, too. Uh, by the time I was 16, she took me to the bishop. The bishop came <laughs> to town, and it's really a truly a funny story. And uh, my mother and I both sang in the choir, and so I, I got to hear the bishop preach. And I tell you, this guy was gorgeous. He was wonderful. He was more left-wing than I was. <laughs> and, uh, and she says, let's go talk to the bishop about your politics and your, you know, because I told her I was an agnostic and she didn't like that. And so 
we met with the bishop in the pastor's office after church, and she said, oh, Lon has fallen in to, with people, that, and I think he's, he's a communist. <laughs> 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 and she says, uh, she says I'm not, I don't know about that, but he says that he's an agnostic. And the bishop looked at her with just the compassion of a saint in his eyes, and he said, why, Mrs. Duquette, I consider myself an agnostic. <laughs> I wouldn't worry about the boy. <laughs> it was one of the sweetest moments of my youth, I tell you. Get the bishop on your side. Wow. I got the bishop on my side. Well, anyway, I wrote this song called Outside the Box, and it sort of encapsulates my, uh, well, I sound like an old hippie in it, I guess. Lon Milo Cat. I told my mom when I was ten, the Bible is a crock. She marched me to the preacher man, boys thinking outside the box. Now look here, boy, the preacher said, just stop your crazy talk. Cause sticks and stones will break your bones if you think outside the box. You fight and fail, you land in jail, the world will clean your clock. You'll spend eternity in hell if you think outside the box. Don't you worry how things are or should be. Thou shalt not be unorthodox. Go to school and go to war if need be. Just don't think outside the box In 65 some soldier guys came to my school to talk They looked real cool, had shiny shoes and they pumped up all the jocks They pointed to their uniforms and walked that soldier walk If you got balls, duty calls, just step inside the box The draft board sending notices I found in my mailbox But they never reached my residence Cause I moved outside the box Don't you worry how things are or could be Thou shalt not be unorthodox Get a job then go to war if need be just don't think outside the box I'm 65, I'm still alive and I've been around the block Had ups and downs and laughs and frowns and mysteries I've unlocked and when I'm dead, let it be said upon that marble block. Don't look for lawn down in the ground, the boy's outside the box. Keep on dreaming how 
things can and should be Just proudly be unorthodox Keep on marching to that different drummer Live and love outside the box Outside the Box, Lon Milo Duquette. It's his second visit to Song of the Soul. I'm so happy to have you back, Lon. And that's quite a song. <laughs> Just, I was wondering if you were going to run out of things that rhyme with box. <laughs> <laughs> But you never used Fox. I just don't know. <laughs> I, 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 I stay away from Fox. <laughs> One of the things that I wonder about, Lon, is spirituality versus religion. You're religious. You're a Thelemite, right? Yeah. Some people will say, I'm spiritual but not religious. I'm not always sure what they mean by that, but one of the things that I think is valuable about religion sometimes, and so it can be a negative thing as well, is community. It's a group of people pulling together. It's someone who's got your back. Now, one of the problems with community or identity in that form is that as soon as you identify this is me, this is us, then you're defining perhaps people outside that circle as not us, and then that gets used as justification for racism or various types of hate and violence. But each of us individually, we're pretty much of a, a tiny drop, but when we come together, like in a union, we can be very powerful. So you talked about in your magic group, for instance, that you have this group of people that you love deeply, connect with deeply, and yet they may be diametrically opposed in terms of political views, or they may cancel your vote or not. Mm-hmm. I, I always thought that having a real strong spiritual or religious point of view should lead to some kind of activism, transformation of the world. It's not a rule that it should. And, you know, as a Quaker myself, we don't have doctrines, but somehow entering into this experience transforms the way we we live with the world. So does that not happen with Thelemites or or Methodists, or whomever. I mean, what do you think about the relationship between doing world-transforming work and having a spiritual or religious clarity? Well, as far as religion goes and religious expression goes, you do what best harmonizes with your understanding of the forces that you are adoring, worshiping, wanting to commune with. And I found a very beautiful avenue of expression for that in the Gnostic Catholic Church, which is a branch of the, or an aspect of the magical organization I belong to. And it has a beautiful worship ceremony and a beautiful worship service, and people get together on a regular basis, and we do all the things with, have our picnics and our barbecues and our plays and social events, and we we get together, and when we're sick, our people are supportive and helpful, and when we need a ride, people give us a ride, and we we have the community going for us that you expect to see in, in any form of objective religious experience. As far as how we then go forth to change the world, 
we are obliged, at least in my religion, to do that individually and to stay away from, not from doing it, but from doing it in the name of our church. We do it in the name of the liberty of thought that our church brings, but like I say, I would not want anybody to put words and attitudes of a political nature in my mouth. Uh, you know, I'm ready, willing, and able to have it come out of my own mouth, but please don't drag me into, you know, something that might not be compatible with my point of view. So that it'd be hard to say that there's a polemic political movement because uh, you know, our basic axiom is, you know, do what thou wilt, that we are here to do our will. And our will, if properly understood, would be the same thing as what people are talking about when they say God's will, if they understood what that was. <laughs> okay. It's almost, it's almost, and now which one is easier to do? Try to find out what your own will is and then do it, or try to outguess what God's will is and do it, okay? They're both extremely hard to do, but I tell you, Starting with yourself is a whole lot easier than trying to figure out the will of the omniscient creator, okay? And there are Thelemites who just absolutely hate the word religion. They said they're into this because they don't like religion, and that's okay too. Personally, I don't have a problem with the word religion, but the baggage that it carries with it, the baggage that... I may or may not want to associate with my religious expression, with my religious involvement, is really what they're objecting to when they say they don't like the word religion. I figure that right now we're here living from microsecond to microsecond, trying to do exactly what it is we're here to do. That we're surrounded by a group of people, and we interact with a group of people and they are in our face, they are in our environment for a reason. We incarnate with our friends. We incarnate with our family. I wrote a song called True Buckaroos. I said, I ride with true buckaroos. In other words, true buckaroos incarnate together. We're here to learn our lessons, to work out our problems, to resolve our issues, but mostly to grow. True buckaroos need to grow together, to evolve together. That's why we're here. And we've only got a brief little, objectively speaking, it looks like we've only got a brief little window to do this, a lifetime to do it. And when we think we're getting out of the, <laughs> we're trying to escape our responsibility by dumping our family or dumping our friends or, or running away from our social or political responsibilities, I'm sorry, you're just, it's always going to be now. So I wrote this song called True Buckaroos in an attempt to thank you and my family and my friends and enemies alike that I've chosen to live this now with. And it's sort of a little homage to them with trombone. <laughs> <laughs> true buckaroos. Lon Milo Duquette. I ride with true buckaroos. 
no better pal could I cruise with From life to life like a family we choose True buckaroos incarnate together Like cosmic gypsies we roam The Dharma Highway is our home Sometimes we're outlaws and sometimes we're saints Sometimes we're heroes and sometimes we ain't I ride the range with true buckaroos Life is strange with true buckaroos But I love you Love all my true buckaroos Through thick and thin Closer than kin We live and die But seldom judge each other Like cosmic gypsies we roam The Dharma Highway is our home Sometimes we're outlaws and sometimes we're saints Sometimes we're heroes and sometimes we ain't I ride the range with true buckaroos Life is strange with true buckaroos But I love you Love all my true buckaroos Through thick and thin Closer than kin We live and die But seldom judge each other Into the sunset we ride True buckaroos side by side Days soon will pass And this moment won't last So before these sweet memories we lose Thank you, my true buckaroo In my mind, that was Gene Autry or Roy Rogers or someone singing True Buckaroos there. But in fact, it was Lon Mila Duquette. That's from Babylon 2, his second CD uh, in recent years. And go back and listen to the other interview that I did with Lon a year and a half, two years ago. Just look for Lon Mila Duquette on my website and you'll catch some of that history because there's decades of your life when the music world was deprived of you. How weird is that? I'm so glad you got back to it, Lon. Oh, I am too. Obviously, the clock is ticked down. End of this broadcast has to happen. I do want to remind our listeners that there's more of interview with Lon and there's more music with Lon out on the website, northernspiritradio.org. Just go there and look for the bonus excerpts, things that we had to cut out to fit in this broadcast. 
Lon, it's always marvelous to sit down with you, talk to you, sink into spiritual depths or heights or whichever direction. They're both the <laughs> same, of course, I know. And just to bask in your music. So thank you so much for not just singing well, but singing with content that makes a difference. And thank you for joining me for Song of the Soul. Thank you. And we'll take you out with a little bit from one more of Lon's song. It's kind of a short one. It's called I Am He, also from Gentle Heretic. See you next week for Song of the Soul. I am he who runs through all matter, mind, and spirit flow. From my breath both earth and heaven go into one big game illusion all within me by my love. I will dwell with me from whence I come. for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it's called Song of the Soul. My name is Mark Helpsmeet, and this is a Northern Spirit Radio production. You can listen to this program again, track down the list of songs included, and a whole lot more on my website, northernspiritradio.org. And I invite you to share your Song of the Soul with my listeners. Just contact me via my website. And please, join me weekly for Song of the Soul. You can be happy Let in the light It will heal you And you can feel you And sing out a song